The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. If I have not met you, I am Josh Miller. I'm the pastor here. It's just great to have you in worship today. Uh, I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then we're going to dive into the scripture, into the message. I invite you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are a good God. You are a God who specializes um, in people who wrestle with you. You are a God who specializes in people um, with brokenness, but you're also a God who specializes in taking regular folks, uh, like everyone in this room, and sending us off on mission with you. Lord, a mission that leaves everything changed. Lord, that leaves situations that are broken, repaired, uh, situations that are messy, beautiful. Lord, we pray that as we encounter you today, Lord, that we uh, together uh, find a way to get on mission with what you're up to uh, in Leander and beyond. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So we are in a series called Life Together. We've been looking at what is the purpose, what is the point of Christian community? And we built that around the four values of Acts. So Acts Church, we get our name from two places. One, the book of Acts, because that's where the first church started. And two, as an acronym for adventure, community, transformation, and sending. And so we've been looking at how community affects each of those areas. And today we're on this idea of sending. And what does it look like to be a sent church, but not as individuals, but as one body, as one organization, as one family, as I like to say, as Team Jesus, what does it look like for us to go out together? What mission has God sent us on? And it was funny, as I was reflecting on this series, and especially on this sermon, I couldn't tell you how many self-help books came to mind, right? So whether it's Seven Habits of Highly Effective Living, whether it's Find Your Why, whether it's Your Best Life Now, we have entire sections of bookstores dedicated to making your own life better. But for the life of me, I couldn't come up with one book that dealt with how to make other people's life better. Instead of how to bring the best out of yourselves, what does it look like to bring the best out of another person, the best out of another community, another organization? And that's really what we're going to be talking about today is that when you look at Scripture, when you look at God's original purpose for mankind, it's actually to bring the best out of other people, and it's to bring the best out of the world. You see this in Genesis 1. So God creates the whole world, calls it good, he calls it good, and then he says this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image, God created them. Male and female, he created them. And then he gives them this charge. He says, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. And this word rule here isn't meant to be this tyrannical king and you are subjugated rule. What he's talking about is saying, hey, I designed this giant playground called earth for you. He said, I want you to bring the best out of it. I want you to be caretakers of this world. I want you to be good stewards of this world. I want you to help it grow and to flourish. God creates mankind with a mission. He says, guys, I want you to bring the best out of every situation you encounter. Right? That is literally how the story begins. But what we quickly find is chapter 1 gives us the big overarching narrative. 
But we find that we're not supposed to do it alone, right? Genesis 2 flushes out the story of creation a little bit. And God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, helper here, again, this is not a servant. That's not where the Hebrew word means. It literally means, I'm going to make someone to help complete man. Because he's not complete by himself. And certainly this forms in marriages, right? So a male and a female, we come together. Marriage, something beautiful happens. And it's like a circle is completed. But it's deeper than that. Humankind is not meant to be an island. None of us actually do what we're supposed to when we're completely isolated from one another. Right? It's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. Now, the Lord God had formed out of all the ground, all the wild animals, all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called the living creature, that's what its name was. To the man, so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, all the wild animals. But Adam found no suitable helper uh, was found in them. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Right? Immediately, even when the story is still good, even before sin shows up, God makes it into the story that we're not meant to do life by ourselves. That now we are built for community. And when you look through Scripture, what you find is again and again and again, God doesn't send people by themselves, right? Moses has Aaron. So he's not just sent to do battle with Egypt, to bring God's people out by himself. God gives him someone to walk with, to fight with, right? Ruth and Naomi, God brings them back to Israel, but they're not by themselves, David had Jonathan. Even the prophets who are known for their isolation. Elijah cries out to God and he says, I'm the last one left. Everyone else has deserted you. Everyone else has abandoned you. And God says, no, I actually have 7,000 that are still on our team. I still have 7,000 that are on mission with God. You see, when we look through Scripture, what we find is that we are designed to be sent out. We are designed to be agents of God's will, ambassadors of Christ, together. Because we were designed for community. That's how he built us. See, the problem comes in in Genesis 3. Because in Genesis 3, sin shows up, and literally everything goes to hell. Right? The simplest definition for hell is separation from God. And that's what sin does. It comes in. We choose rebellion. We are like, actually, you know what, God? We know you created this world to be good. We know you have some plans for us, but we have our own plans. We think we can think better than you. And in that rebellion, we get separated from God. Mankind gets separated from each other. And mankind gets separated from the world. When you look at the consequences, when you look at the curses of sin, God says, you no longer can be in the garden. You can no longer be in complete fellowship with me. He says to Adam and Eve, he goes, and now you two are going to fight. You two are going to envy one another. You two are going to battle one another. And then even the ground starts to create thistles and brokenness. He goes, even the world is going to be broken to you. Right? And so you see this separation. 
You see this distortion, and all of a sudden the mission that we originally had is a lot harder because sin has infected all of us, and we still see this today, right? You turn on the news, see how country battles against country, you see earthquakes and famines, you see floods, you see droughts. You see it in our marriages where we duke it out. And you see it in how we connect to God. Something went horribly wrong. And we needed a God who could specialize in fixing it. And thankfully, that's where Jesus shows up. Jesus' name literally means God saves. Yahshua. John 1, we see this. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. But here's the promise. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Right relationship with God again. Brought back into the family. Children not born of natural descent, right? So it's not that you were born into the right family. That doesn't get you there. Not born of a human decision or a husband's will. Right? So it's not our best thinking that gets us to God. It's not our best actions that get us to God. But born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The message translate that God moved into the neighborhood. And he starts to restore relationship with mankind and God. He shows up in the lives of regular people and he says, God wants a relationship with you. The Father wants you back into his family. And when that relationship is restored, what ends up happening is the relationship between mankind and each other can be restored, right? He says, go and love your neighbor as yourself. All of a sudden, that broken relationship starts to come together. And once we have community, then we can be sent out to a broken world. And in the same way where everywhere Jesus went, things got better. The body of Christ goes and things start to get better. You see, Jesus came to repair the broken relationships from the garden. He had a mission. And what's cool is he invites his followers to be a part of that mission. Right? When you read through the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all of them emphasize Jesus coming and inviting others to be on Team Jesus, to be on the part of God's family, to be those agents of good. This comes from Matthew 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Everywhere you go, he says, someone's hurting, if they're physically ill, if they're struggling with depression, Whatever it is, he sends them out and he goes, leave it changed. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven means the reign of God. It's not a physical place. It's not some pie in the sky. Literally, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And we pray that, right, in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're literally praying, God, we want the reality that happens with you, where you're at, to be the reality that happens here on earth. 
And so in heaven, no one is sick. So here on earth, God, we're praying that no one is sick. In heaven, no one's hungry. So God, we're praying that here on earth, we can help that no one is hungry. In heaven, no one is cut off from community. So here on earth, we want no one to be cut off from community. We literally pray that in the Lord's Prayer. It's part of the rhythm of life that we do together as church. So he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. He says, freely you have received, freely give. Jesus essentially tells his disciples, you've been watching me. And everywhere Jesus went, if someone was sick, they were healed. If they were hungry, they were fed. If they didn't have community, he said, I invite you into a relationship with God, and I invite you in relationship with these misfits. And that makes me feel good because I'm a pretty big misfit. Right? And then he tells his disciples, you've seen me work. Now go and do the same. He invites them on mission. He invites them into a different type of living where instead of saying it's your best life now, he's saying how do you bring out the best in others? How do you leave situations changed? Right? God invites them into something larger. But he also does something very specific, right? So this comes from Luke 10. After the Lord had appointed the 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. This is really important. Jesus doesn't send people off by themselves. Right? The world is really broken. Families are really broken. Communities are really broken. And it is way too much for any of us to handle by ourselves. And oftentimes we can see the evil in the world, we can see the hurt in the world, and we can think, well, it's either all on my back to change it by myself, or it's never going to change, or it's hopeless. And what we see in Scripture is no, that is not how God operates. Paul, in Acts, doesn't go off by himself. Yeah, it's his name you see, but if you look in the book of Acts, it's always Paul and those he took with him. It's always Peter and those he took with him. God sends us in community because we were built to do it together. Even in Genesis 2, when it's still good, God is saying man was not meant to do life alone. And so he gives us Christian community to be a part of a larger group, a larger effort, to see God move. And this actually becomes a way for us to witness. So when I was planting up in Madison, Wisconsin, the first year, it was a lot about me working by myself in the community. And non-Christians would come up to me, and they would say, man, it's so good that you're at the school volunteering, or you're working with the police, or you're doing this. You're a good person. Right? But what was cool was, as the church got built up, as community started to come in, they couldn't just look and say that I was different, right? That I was like this one random person, and I was the one good Christian, and the rest of them were all mucked up. No, all of a sudden you had this group of misfits working and serving and giving to the community, and that became a witness, that became a platform, which the church was then able to say, look, it's not about us. You didn't find 30 really good people. What you found was 30 redeemed people. 
What you found was 50, 60 people who all said that this Jesus guy, he's the reason why we're here. He loved me, so we together are loving our world. There becomes testimony in community when it's not just one person loving and serving, because maybe they're just the outlier. When an entire group of people loves and serves together, that becomes a platform That becomes a testimony to Christ, and then we can point back to Christ and say, he's the one who started it. He showed up in the community first, and we're living in response to that. Jesus then continues, and this is the Texas translation. Uh, It's going to help with the y'alls. I'm sending y'all, this is a plural you here, out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. And be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. Doesn't that sound like fun? Right? Like, Jesus is essentially telling them, this is going to be hard work. This is a broken world you're going into. This is a hurting world you're going into. And the thing with hurting people is they hurt people. It's messy to do life with people who are hurting. Right? Because they're often going to lash out. They're often not going to respond with love from love, right? You can go in with the best intentions and you can come out bloody and bruised. Jesus says, it's not going to be easy. He goes, on my account, you will be bought before governors as king and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest y'all, do not worry about what you will say or how to say it. And this is where the promise comes in. He says, at that time, y'all will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. You see, the promise is when you go out, you're going out with the power of the Holy Spirit. The promise was when we go out, it's not our own best thinking, it's not our own collective strength that's going to do the heavy lifting. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is going to go with you. And he's going to empower you to do things that you never would be able to by yourselves. That empowered by the Holy Spirit, we get to be a part of something larger, and he becomes the power, he becomes the fuel, which just allows us to do these things in the name of Christ. Allows us to move in areas that we never would be otherwise. And so the big take-home today is that God designed us Acts Church Leander, to work together. He designed us. He built us. He brought us to this moment in time. 2019, Sunny Drive, Acts Leander, to be on mission together. And as the pastor, let me say this clearly, we need you. And now I'm not talking y'all, I'm talking we need you as an individual. Because we were designed to be connected together. Axe Lake Line, Pastor Barrett down south. And people ask him, so I don't know where I'm sent to. His response is, you're sent wherever your feet take you. That also is true for I don't know what I was designed for. Well, you were designed wherever your feet took you for community. And at least for today, God designed you to be here. And we as a church are going to be the most effective. We as a church are going to be the most impactful when we do it together. We were designed for that. We were built for that.
So every week we've been ending this community series with a time where we actually get to work through community, where we get to celebrate what God has been doing. And so we're going to do that one last time. So i got two questions for you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up, introduce yourself to someone you don't know or someone you normally don't talk to, and answer these two questions. Right now, where has God sent you? And that could be wherever you work. So that could be, hey, I work down at IBM or Dell, or I am um, a stay-at-home mom, or I'm a janitor. Whatever it is, where does God got you right now? And then, what are you passionate about? What has God laid on your heart to serve? It might be a people group, it might be an issue, it might be a challenge, it might be a school system, whatever it is, what's God kind of working on your heart? Because as we talk through that, we actually hear from one another and you find that you have allies, you have partners, and we as a church want to continue to cultivate that as we go forward. So again, stand up, say hi to someone you don't know, and uh, talk through those two questions. So we're now going to go into a time of worship, which is going to lead us into communion. Uh, And we're going to start off with the song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us, Uh, which given this uh, reality that our mission starts with our family and a God who first fought for us, uh, so then we can fight for others. So he advocated for us so we could advocate and be ambassadors of Christ for others. So I'm going to end in prayer and then we're going to sing. Uh, which is going to lead us into our time for communion. But I invite you guys to pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are a God uh, on mission. Lord, you are a God who said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son um, that no one needed to perish anymore. Lord, because you love the world, you send us into the world. But Lord, you send us into the world as community. Father, we pray that we use that spirit, that unity, to leave together, to work together, uh, to be your agents of change and of goodwill in Leander, North Austin, and beyond. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.